all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Winning is fun. They open the weekend with a 5-3 victory over the Washington Nationals, and all facets showed up in this one. And for a team that doesn't hit many home runs, looked like a home run derby tonight at American Family Field. Uh, breaking in the new patches pretty well. A lot of overreaction to the jersey patches. I don't understand it. But anyway, 5-3 the victory tonight. I'm Dominic Catronio. Pleased to be joined by former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I, Augie, I think a big conversation of this team is the fact that they win games without hitting home runs. But yet, it, it's not like they can't hit home runs. And a night like tonight is a reminder that there is now thunder in the middle of this at bat uh, of this lineup. Contreras going yard almost on command, it seemed like. And then Santana, who was acquired at the deadline, hits two home runs, his 17th career multi-homer game, 299th career home run. You don't get to that number by accident. One away as a switch hitter to get to 300 homers. I mean, it's certainly nice to have an offense that doesn't rely on the home run ball anymore, but a night like tonight reminds you, oh, yeah, home runs are still pretty cool. Yeah, it's really neat when you you look at this ball club and what they've done. You you look at the way they've been sw- swinging the bat and scoring runs. It's been really nice to manufacture runs. So many times, so many years we've been talking about this club doesn't manufacture runs. This year is probably a classic example where they're giving really good at-bats. And the, it look, you look at this ball club, you see them early in the ball game, and what are they? They're patient at the plate. They're patient at the plate, and they work the work the counts. So when you get later in the ball game, they get a little bit more aggressive. And now today, you know, without scoring runs, manufacturing runs, they were able to get a couple guys get hot, swing the bat well. And uh, Santana's been so good for this ball club. And what can you say about Contreras? Every time you need something, you guys on base, he comes through. Really giving a good at bats, and the home run played big today. Oh, two massive. Real quick here. Uh, scoreboard watching season is in full effect. So keeping an eye on Cubs and Diamondbacks right now. Diamondbacks, three-run homer again from Alec Thomas. They now lead 6-0 heading to the seventh against the Cubs. If the Diamondbacks win that game, they just need to win one of the three games this weekend to claim the tiebreaker on the Cubs. And the Giants, who had a no-hitter going into the— they were getting no hits going into the ninth inning in a 1-1 game. They get the go-ahead run at the top of the ninth. They lead 2-1 to heading to the bottom of the ninth against Colorado, and the Rockies just walk them off. So the Giants lose in the wild card race as well. So if the playoffs started tomorrow, the Brewers will be facing the Reds all of a sudden. This is going to be chaos <laughs> it is. down the stretch. You know, that's what's so great about this time of the year. So many things can change so quickly, and when you've got a number of teams that are that close – you just don't know. And, you know, we talked about t- you can't look at any team. You know, you looked at, look at the Brewers. They say, well, you got a kind of an easy schedule. to playing last place teams going down the stretch. You can't take anybody lightly. And and he goes to show you, like, Colorado took two out of three from the Cubs. And it's just the way the game is played. Nobody's going to give in. Everybody wants to be a spoiler. And they're going to go out and play hard. And it's quite evident with baseball the way it is today. And you got the magic, magic, uh, Things of that you have each year, where you got many playoff teams that have that potential of sneaking in there, and it's not over yet. We got a long way to go. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Once again, eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you want to join myself or Augie here on the show, Brewers win five to three. This one from Josh in Milwaukee. That was a thoroughly entertaining game. The offense backed the pitching up with some monster homers. I breathed a sigh of relief that Uribe was all right and finished that masterful inning. Let's go, D-backs. Appreciate the uh, text there, Josh. Let's stick with the offense here for a little bit though, because I mean it was quiet for a good chunk of this game. Aside from the walks, and then something clicked into gear, and they only went two for five with runners in scoring position, but that's still a 400 batting average. It's just a matter they only had five at-bats with runners in scoring position. The Brewers would love to have that number increase. All of the runs scored today were via home runs. Santana, we touched on him hitting two homers. He's at 299 career home runs. Let me just read you the list, and you're going to – you face some of these names here, Augie. Uh, here is the top ten all-time – Switch hitters, home run list, okay? All-time. Number one, of course, Mickey Mantle. Of course. Number two, Eddie Murray, 504. Chipper Jones, number three. Carlos Beltran, number four. Mark Deshera, number five. Lance Berkman, number six. Chili Davis, number seven. Reggie Smith is eighth. 
Ruben Sierra is ninth, and there is Carlos Santana, tenth. He is ahead of Bobby Bonilla now. As I mean, that that is some serious great company for Santana. It is some guys who can really swing the bat, and you got this number of Hall of Famers there. When you look at a guy like Santana, what he's come in and made mean to the meant to this ball club. You know, we talk so much about the, the inside the clubhouse. He's so good with the players, and he's a good student of the game, and he's also a teacher of the game as a player. But his approach at the plate, the way he plays, strong defense. But you look at what he need, did today. You got two pitches on either part of the plate. Drive him out of the ballpark for his 21st home run uh, of the year. But he has done situational hitting. And when ever since Craig Council took him and put him in that three and four slot, boy, it's really paid off and made a big difference. And uh, he is one of those guys, those veteran guys, that you look and you say, well, can he help this ball club? Everybody was kind of questioning it. Why would they go out and get him? But I'm going to tell you what, we appreciate everything he's done for this ball club because he's been huge with this ball club in the lineup each and every day. So William Contreras now has a better batting average than he did last season in 150 more plate appearances. He has a better on-base percentage than last year. He has a smaller slugging and a smaller OPS, but remember, he was mostly a DH last season, not playing this lion's share. But also, he's got 34 doubles to go with his 16th homer of the year tonight. I see a dude that is evolving as a hitter. He's also got 54 walks this season. That's blowing 2022 out of the water. This dude was an all-star. He is still very, very, very young. He's 25 years old. Twenty. We lose sight of this sometimes. He's 25 years old, and he's gonna. He has. He could have a 40-double, 20-homer season as the everyday catcher for the Brewers. Well, I think the one thing, when you look at what he's done, he's coming here and he's handed the job saying, you know what, you're our guy. Caratini is the guy who's going to back him up, but he came in and he said, you're the guy. You're not only going to be the guy that is going to, we need you on the defensive side, which he's really improved at. You look at what he's done with this pitching staff from behind that plate, how he goes tonight. You saw him, how he walked out right after Devin got got 3-0. He went out just to settle him down and say, hey, it's okay. Those are the type of guys behind the plate that understand the game. They want, they understand what the what each and every one of the pitchers need to be successful, and he's doing that. But I'll tell you, at the plate, his patience at the plate, each and every at-bat, you just can see him at different times when he comes at the plate. He understands what they're trying to do to him, and he takes advantage of it, like the home run tonight. He got a ball on the inside part of the plate, and he was looking for it. He got it, and what did he do? He hit it out of the ballpark. Big time, big player, at a big at a time when the Brewers really needed, he stepped up again. He has caught the fifth most pitches in baseball this season. That's amazing. The fifth most pitches in baseball, only behind JT Realmuto, the Nationals catcher Kbert Ruiz, the A's catcher Shea Langliers, and the Rockies catcher Elias Diaz. So what I read with that, as I see only one other team with a winning catcher, you know. That's an everyday catcher. That's JT Riomuto. Now, Martin Maldonado is right behind William, and he's on a winning team as well. But the fact that he's caught that many pitches in his first year on the job full-time, and he's still producing with the bat. You know, you know, Dom, when you look at a, a, a catcher, you look at how he handles himself behind the plate. And sometimes they guys go to the knee and sometimes they don't. And they do, they position himself different behind the plate. The one thing I've really appreciated about Contreras behind the plate, you see him sometimes that certain guys have to have to get in sync with the, where the location of the glove is and how you handle yourself behind the plate. There are times when he'll go out and he'll sit outside and just give the guy the, a good shot at where this is where he wants the ball. But then he moves where he's going to have the pitch. And those are the kind of guys that are understand the mentality of a pitching staff, that understand that, hey, you know what? They know what to do. They know what I'm doing behind the plate. We're in sync with different things. And I'm going to make that pitcher all that better. I, I see with Devin every once in a while, he'll get to a count and he'll put his hand up like he wants a high fastball. You know what's coming. They all sinker down or change up down and it's very successful and so that's a catcher that's really developed himself and taken part of the game that you have to be to successful and he's done a great job with the Brewer pitching staff the offense was really a big part of the story but we do got to talk a little pitching Wade Miley in the bullpen Wade Miley made some adjustments it did not look good after one inning in this one we're going to talk about that coming up next your texts your calls 855-616-1620 again 855 855- 616-1620. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all season long brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. 
They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, and they're offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association member, FDIC. More with Augie after this on WTMJ. Money talk. Brewers get the victory 5-3 on Don Catronio. We talked a lot about the offense and, you know, Carlos Santana hitting two home runs, 17th time in his career hitting two home runs. He's an easy pick for player of the game. I think that's a fair assessment, right, Augie? I would you have to. That's just a big milestone for him. We have 21 home runs this year. He was he wanted to hit his 20th before the season was over. But, you know, what he's done for this ball club and what he did tonight, he came up with the tie score after Contreras' big home run and gave the Brewers a lead, and that's exactly what they needed to be, be done. Getting that big, big base hit, not a base hit, hits the ball out of the ballpark. And remember, he was sick in his first couple days with the Brewers as he was just trying to get his feet wet and join the club. He had a little stomach bug come through. Uh, and then when he got to face his old friends with the Pirates again, he started to get hot. And uh, really since that day, since August 4th, when things really started to turn for the Brewers on that road trip, let me give you the numbers. 260 hitter. So, I mean, he's not known for his batting average, but 260, that's well above league average. Absolutely. He's got eight homers now, four doubles. He's got an on-base of 326 as your first baseman, and he's slugging 473. That's just production the Brewers weren't getting out of first base. Well, I think you look at it another way, Dom, too, is he gives you good at-bats. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about it before when when Adamas was struggling. What? How did Adamas start turning and start swinging the bat a little bit better? Well, they, he, they took Santana, put him in that third slot, put Adamas in that fourth slot or fifth slot, and then put Canna right behind him, a guy who makes contact. So you got two veteran guys that give you good at-bats. Well, now you're going to pitch a little bit different to these guys. And Adama started going the opposite way, swinging the bat much better, and he's swinging the bat real well now. So you get you you add everything together. Different guys can have an effect on your lineup, and I think Santana, Canna, those type of veterans have really helped this ball club. The Brewers get the victory. Now we do got to talk pitching though, and. Wade Miley, that first inning, as I look back at those pitches and I look back at the replays, there weren't that bad of pitch. I mean, the, the the ball that Lane Thomas hit was at his eyes. I don't know how he hit that ball out of the yard. And then a lot of loud doubles. And then an adjustment was made. And Wade Miley's not going to be a guy that strikes out the world. He knows that. But he started to get more ground balls. He started to get weak contact again. And he worked into the sixth inning. If you told me that Wade Miley, after a 32-pitch first inning, with all of his elbow issues this season, was going to make it to the sixth inning in tonight's game, I would have like, wait, how? And <laughs> look, that, that's why you need veterans on these teams. Wade Miley showed what he's made of. He's only probably got three more starts tops the rest of the season. Man, I I just continue to marvel at what a career and what another great year it's been for Wade Miley. You know, when you if you describe a Wade Miley, he's what I I always call it. I call slow low because he uses his cutter and his changeup. Everything is down and fast high. And what he tries to do is expand the strike zone. I thought the first inning he was trying to expand the strike zone. They looked there was a the couple balls hit the hit down the right right field area. Those balls looked out of the strike zone like they were looking for something up. And it might have been the approach that they took. They were we're going to take on Wade, and what happened was early in the game they got it. They got balls out of strike zone. They were able to hit the other way. Thomas's home run was a ball that it, that was up a little bit. What did Wade Miley do? He went back to what he does really well. He started dotting the inside part of the plate and the outside part of the plate down low and with the off-speed stuff. And then upstairs it became better. And you look at what he did. Didn't he? Uh, didn't he get like 14 out of the next 17 or yeah. something like that? It was. But it was the ability to command the strike zone down in the strike zone, both on the inside part of the plate. And then go upstairs. And I thought he understood that after that first inning went out and he really threw the ball very well by commanding where he needed to command in the strike zone. Today's bullpen featured Trevor McGill, Abner Uribe, and then Devin Williams. So a much-needed breather for Elvis Peguero and Yoel Payam. So I really want to monitor their usage here down the stretch. Craig Council has not been shy. He is trying to find some days for those guys. And today was a perfect example of the depth of this bullpen, that they use McGill, they use Uribe, and, and they get things in, in, in such a familiar spot. You know, it's a one-run game. You're thinking any mistake can happen, but the Brewers are in control of their bullpen right now. Trevor McGill has been unreal since he found this new grip on the curveball. 
Uribe is Uribe. He doesn't need to strike out the world. And the word from the Brewers clubhouse on why that visit happened with the trainer was a cramp. So he's totally fine there. Nothing to worry about. And then finally, Devin strikes out the side of the ninth. I mean, it's it's a luxury that most teams don't have. And the Brewers, at, at this point, it feels routine when it's not. It's just most teams don't have bullpens that go three and a third with four strikeouts and never really put the game in danger. Yeah, this bullpen is built around Devin Williams. There's no question. He's the guy. He's the leader. He's the guy you want to get to in games because you know you're going to be in good shape if he comes into the ball game. But, you know, it's it's really interesting what Craig is doing now with this ball club, and I find it fascinating. Yes, we talk about getting Pagaro and Pi. Uh, those guys rest, not maybe get him out there each and every day. But it's important. It's important now at this time of the year to get McGill and Uribe into games that mean something, that are pressure games. And these are pressure games because what are we? We're in countdown now. We're in countdown to win the division. These are big games. And it's only going to play big for, you know what? You go to postseason, now you got to lean on those guys. It's just like, you know what? I'm used to it. I've been in those big games. I understand it. So each and every time that Craig can get those guys in the game, that experience is only going to pay off as they get on with the rest of the season, hopefully into the playoffs. So, you know, you, you take Piams and, and Pagan. They mean so much. They've done so much for this ball club. But I'm going to tell you what. You have it backed up with McGill and Uribe, and now you got Hobie coming. I'm going to tell you what. That expands the game. It shortens the game, and that's exactly what this Brewer ball club wants to do. And I just want to shout out uh, McGill because since he found this curveball when he was last option back down to AAA, he came back on August 16th. Since August 16th, his last 12 games, he's allowed one run. He has struck out 24 with 14 innings. Okay, let me read this again. 24 strikeouts in 14 innings, one walk. That's the best number of them all. And you said it right. He's found that curveball, but and he's, he feels confident and he's throwing it. But, you know, when you got a curveball, when you got your secondary pitches that you can command for strikes and get them over and throw them when you want to, when you need to and when you want to, what happens? Your fastball gets better. Mm-hmm. Now it's free and easy. It's location. I see it. I throw it. I'm not aiming it. I'm, lo- I'm going to get ahead of guys. And you know what? Here I come. You try to hit me. And I think when you look at his, his demeanor on the mound, his demeanor's changed like like, you know what, now, before it was, I think I can get you out. Now is, I know I, you, I can get you out. I'm challenging you. And that's really paid off because it's paid off not only with, with McGill, but it's paid off with Uribe too. Those guys go out there and they challenge you. And that's really going to be the part where I think Craig has done an outstanding job of getting these guys in games in those situations that are going to pay off as the season goes along and hopefully into the playoffs. And shoot, both those guys rubbed off for Devin Williams. He touched 97 tonight. I mean, he doesn't normally sit 97. That's right. So that's been fun to watch. we got a lot of phone calls getting lined up here. I want to kill a break, then come back with more with you guys. So stand in line. I'll get back to you in just a moment. want to remind you the Player of the Game poll is brought to you by the Salvation Army. It provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donation Nations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help the Salvation Army today. Take a breather. Come back with some calls. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 right here on WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. Jerry Augustine is with us here on WTMJ. Got a long line of callers. Want to get to him. James on the south side. You've been waiting patiently here on WTMJ. Brewers win 5-3. And James, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, it's, uh, it was nice win, uh, nice comeback uh, win uh, for the Brewers tonight. But you've been saying the last couple of weeks uh, you want to play only 500 ball uh, uh, the rest of the season here uh, instead of making a real statement uh, to Atlanta and to uh, to the Dodgers of of that that you're uh, you know winning winning your division, but you're also making a making a statement that you arrived compared to just sliding in with playing 500 ball the rest of the season here and uh, not going to give me my hamburgers. Come on, you're, you're going to be... I know, right? We all want hamburgers. <laughs> but hey, I want to I say real quick, though, James, that's my colleague Greg Matzik who's saying that. I'm just going to be real. I've, I've always said... Hey, if you go 500, you still require a hard stretch, but you can take care of it yourself, right? There are five series to go, and if you win all of these series, I mean, now that's a big ask. you got four in St. Louis. Uh, you still got the Cubs. But if you win every it's over. Like, you're winning the Central. But if you just, if you win every series and then even just split, 
in St. Louis, it's also probably over and making a statement. You're right. You're exactly right. And, and the goal is at the end of the season is to build momentum and, and play good baseball. And, you know, when you've got a team that's like this right now, this team is running on all cylinders. Everything they do, they do things well. You look at how they play the game. You look at their offensive uh, patient early in the game, aggressive or late in the game. That's the way they've been scoring runs. Not necessarily the home run, but of manufacturing runs. But it's all about going out and winning series. I don't care what time of the year. I don't care where it is. You win series, you're going to, be, you're going to do well. And I think, Dom, you said it perfectly. You've got a four-game series. Some of those series, that's a hard, hard to win four-game series. On the road like, against a rival. And is. And a team that's starting to play very well. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is you want to play the best you can be. But if you talk to everybody in that clubhouse, they're going out to take one game at a time. They want to win every, want every, win every series. But you know what? When you get to this time of the year, Every game means a little bit. Mm-hmm. You get out there, and because you're scoreboard watching, you're saying, you know, what can I do tonight? I want to do something well tonight. I've got to prepare for that postseason. We want to do well. We're in a good position. We want to play well. And that's the way this team goes out. They go out. They're playing on all cylinders right now. They're playing good baseball, and you got to like what they're doing. I want to get back to the phone lines. Javier in Milwaukee, you've been waiting patiently, and I guess you got a question here for Augie. Javier, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom. Hey, Augie. Great night tonight. First and foremost, I want to give a shout-out. It was Cerveceros night uh, in the stadium, and it was a great vibe. All the Latinos in the house. And, and then William Contreras and uh, Carlos Santana came in and uh, did did the thing that they needed to do and, and got us the win. Um, this, my question for Augie is, with all your experience, Augie, uh, you know, two years ago was the first Brewer season where I really believed uh, we had Burns, we had uh, we had Woodruff, and we had Peralta, and it was the first time in my in my life where we had three legit starting pitchers, a, a plus plus a lockdown bullpen going into the playoffs, and I felt like, hey, we got it. This is our year, uh, and I was crushed, and I've been tuned out all last year, frankly, because uh, I was recovering from the the collapse in the division series against the Braves. And so now I got myself believing again because of the return of that big three, right? Woody, Burns, and Peralta are here again. And so, Augie, in all your experience, both as a player and, and you know, as a, as a commentator, you know, all these wins, especially right now in the regular season, are, are largely against uh, not even 500 teams, right? These are losing teams up until we get to the Cubs in that final series. And so my, my question is for I, you also, Dom, but, but especially for Augie, what is the most important ingredient for postseason success, and what gives you hope that this Brewers team is going to get over the hump and get past those two big teams, the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves, and actually make it to the World Series and give it a chance to win? I use pitching all the way. When you talk about pitching, the Brewers have the best pitching staff in all of baseball. They have by far the best bullpen now in all of baseball. And I think with the when you see McGill and Uribe and Hobie Miller coming into games and in big situations, so so Craig Council can have balance there. I think that means so much. I think secondly, the way the team plays defense. This team plays strong defense. They never give up a run. You have to earn it. And I think at this time of the year, you have to play that strong defense. But the thing that's impressive me with this ball club in the last three or four weeks, and uh, Dom will probably back me up on this. This club goes into a game, and early in the game, they're patient at the plate. They're trying to figure out what these guys' opponents are trying to do to them, and they're putting up, trying to get the ball in play, and they're manufacturing runs. We haven't had that in the past several years, is going out and manufacturing runs. We've been a home run type type ball club. They're manufacturing runs. They're patient at the plate. And then you get about the fifth or sixth inning, all of a sudden, you make mistakes. They're aggressive and they've been scoring runs. I like the makeup of this team. I like their approach, the way they've been going. I like the way the offense has is, is been, been going out and scoring runs late in the ball game because they're never out of a game. And they're going to score and they're going to put crooked numbers up there. And they've been doing that. And that's a large part of their success. So I think it's a balance when you talk about everything that a club has to do to win ball games on the offensive, the pitching, and the defense, and uh, you got to go out and play good, sound baseball, and that's what this ball club is doing right now. The I way, think you'd agree with me, Dan. I, I agree with the pitching and specifically the bullpen. I think a lot of people ignore how good Philly's bullpen was last year, coming down the stretch in the postseason. I know the offense was great, and I, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Harper and what Schwarber did to get them to the World Series, but the the thing that I jumped that jumps out to me. The Phillies 
their their pitchers threw 97 innings in the postseason last year, or leading to into the World Series. 97 innings leading into the World Series. 42 of those were by the bullpen, so nearly half. It was 55 to 42, the split of your starters and your bullpen. Let's be honest, your starters, as great as they are, they ain't going seven or eight in the postseason. That's right. Things get too tense, and the fact that the Brewers' bullpen is so deep, so strong, is why you need to I mean, you look at last year, Alvarado and Kimbrell, and like what they were able to, sorry, Kimbrell wasn't there, but what, what they had depth-wise for the Phillies is a big reason why they were in-game so long and why I think the Brewers certainly have that formula. Appreciate the call there, Javier, as well, and vamos cerveceros uh, anoche for the Brew Crew. Uh, I want to get real quick, get to the phone call one more time in a little bit. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Got to make the sponsors happy with our difference-making moment. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. If it's possible to pick something other than the back-to-back home runs, which would be an easy pick, do you have a difference-making moment tonight, Augie? You know, you have to go with that because yeah. that was the difference in, in the ballgame. Service zero night, this guy comes up with between us. I think the way Wade Miley came out that second inning and threw the baseball, he started getting dialed in. He went back to what he did to be successful, and that's what? Slow, low, fast, high, expand the strike zone, and he did a great job at that. And I'll tell you what, for him to go back to keep the team in the ball game, I thought that was a huge turning point because from there on, I think the next three innings, I think he went three up, three down. Maybe one guy got on, he picked the guy off. But uh, I thought that was a big changing point. He kept them in the ball game, limited what what Nationals could do. The Brewers came up with the big four spot in the fifth and changed the game. And I'm going to agree with you because we just got some uh, quotes from the clubhouse here. This is from Adam McCalvey on Twitter uh, that Wade Miley was revealing that William Contreras flipped the game, not just for the bat, but it was his idea to flip the game plan, like you said there in the second inning. Absolutely, William Contreras, uh, this is what Miley said, he took control of the game for us and he put it back on uh, – Put us on his back on both sides of the ball. So it, it was his idea to say, "Hey, they're attacking your your, your elevated stuff. Let's go back low." That's, that that's again, we praised his catching prowess earlier, and that's a kid twenty five years old growing into the position and expanding the strike zone. He was going up, and they were taking balls. But we talked about it earlier. Well, he, they hit two balls on the right field line that were out of strike zone up. They were attacking the ball up in the strike zone. God, what he did is went in and said, hey, you know what? That's not working. Let's go back to what we use you. Slow, low, fast up, expand the strike zone, and that's what happened. All right, real quick, let's get to Doug out in Baraboo. You've been waiting patiently, Doug. You listen a lot. Appreciate you. You're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, good evening. You know, I'm on the same boat with the pitching. I just I just love the pitching. I agree with Augie. That's what's, what's going to carry us. And I like, I've been watching, you know, I watch it every day, the ERA, and I think we must be down to about three point eight now or something like that the best in the national league and uh i that's 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 so exciting to me say i have one i had a quick trivia question for you back in uh july 20th uh, 1976 hank aaron uh hit his uh last home run for the brewers number 755 and the brewers won that game do you know who the winning pitcher was that day I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so he, he Hank Aaron hit the ball. He hit it off a of number forty six from the California Angels, Dick Drago. He hit it in the in the slot right down the le, uh, left field line. And I have I had the great honor of uh, pitching that game. We won that ball game, and that's the way I was going to get to the Hall of Fame because they're going to have that scorecard up there. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Just Appreciate fun, the call Doug. there, Doug. Did you have a question Thanks, too? Doug. Do I have a question? No, 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 no question. Uh, All good. Pre- love, love appreciate the pitching. it. Keep it going. Love it, love it. Appreciate it, Doug, as well. Uh, four walks in that game, man. Come on, why do you have four walks in that game? I, I lost bad control that game. Back, bad control. But you, you know what? Uh, I you don't realize it. You know, Hank hits the home run. And he's your teammate, and it's so awesome. And the year finishes, and all of a sudden you go back and look. He, he hit his number seven fifty five off a of Drago, and the California go, "Oh my God, I pitched that game!" You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome stuff. Fantastic. That's awesome. All right, Augie, we're gonna get you out of here. Uh, you're okay. back with us again tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna hear from Craig Council in just a little bit. We're also gonna talk a little bit of fun with Santana. Uh, this is a fun one. And again, looking at the scoreboard here, 
the, the Cubs are on the board. They're in the top of the ninth in Arizona. It's 6-1 Diamondbacks, top nine. And uh, the Phillies just locked it down against the Cardinals. Lars Newtbar strikes out, so the Phillies win that game 5-4. to four. A good day all around for the Brewers' wild card of what it looks like, and it's getting even more jammed right at the bottom there with the Giants losing, the Cubs on their way to losing, uh, the Reds winning, and the Marlins winning. I mean, it's it's pure chaos, and I love it. It's fun to watch the scoreboard and everything going on, and you do it so well at finding out who plays where and what's going on and who, <laughs> who could we possibly play. But the best thing about Everything that's going on, the Brewers are taking care of business. Yep. And that's number one, and they're playing very well. It's fun stuff right now. Jerry Augustine here on WTMJ. Take a break. Come back with more after this on WTMJ. Fun day, fun day, fun day. 5-3, the Brewers win today. Some good quotes coming out of the clubhouse as well. I'm Dom Catronio. Who's Hot is brought to you by Cider Heating Plumbing. And electrical, trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with cider, and get a $1,000 instant rebate on a Dakin AC or furnace unit through the end of October. Financing is available. Visit cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. The Carlos Santana topic. Uh, I, I tweeted this earlier. I have some receipts that some folks were not happy with the Carlos Santana trade when it came across the wire. I am not the type of guy to be the freezing cold takes guy. And, you know, I, I think the freezing cold takes uh, account is really dumb, personally. Um, but I'm not going to put people on blast. But I, I just remind people, the Internet's forever. Okay? Don't be dumb on the Internet. And I, I just saw so much negativity. And I literally, I remember when the, the, the trade went down, I quoted the trade, and we got the scoop on it. I said, hey, the Brewers made a deal to help the offense. And people were like, you know, half the people were like, you know what, yeah, what's the worst that could happen? The other half were like, absolutely not, another 230 hitter with another bunch of 230 hitters. Stop it. Get some help. It's not that It's not that deep, man. It's not a bad thing. What Again, we went through the numbers. He's slugging nearly 500 at the first base position since he joined the club. He's a switch hitter. He plays great defense. He's clearly a great clubhouse energy because you didn't see the, the Brewers dancing after victories and doing that little ring around the rosy type thing that they got going on before he arrived. That was something that the Mariners started doing last year too when he was there. And they talked about the fact they missed him. They really, really needed him. And they missed him in the early portions of this season and what he can do for a clubhouse. He has been phenomenal. And as advertised, since the moment he walked in the door, Carlos Santana, Mr. Smooth, slammed Tana a two-homer game tonight, his 17th career. Now his next home run will be career number 300, which is the 10th most all-time for any switch hitter in uh, baseball history. He also got career RBI number 1,000 tonight. Uh, so that's also a fun note to look at as well. A couple of texts in here as well. Another great win, another high watermark for the year. This is from Aaron in Illinois. Miley really hung in there after a rough start. The difference-making moment has to be the strikeout to end the first inning jam. It could have got really ugly there. I mean, it kind of was ugly, Aaron, but it's all good. Player of the game is the guitarist. Devin straight sick in the ninth inning. What is the status of Garrett Mitchell? Is he on rehab assignment? I appreciate that question, Aaron, because Garrett Mitchell officially cleared by doctors to resume live game action. He was uh, in Nashville's lineup today. He went over four or three strikeouts. But, hey, he's just inching his way back. I mean, going straight to AAA after not seeing live pitching, you know, you know, Proper caliber pitching, not 19-year-olds in the complex in Arizona. You know, it's going to be a little bit of adjustment of him to get his his eyes back. And, and quite frankly, he would be here more as a defensive replacement pinch runner if he were to make the postseason roster, less so than his bat, because I, I can't see the Brewers being that aggressive with him. And plus, that would mean the Brewers would have all of their outfielders be left-handed uh, between Mitchell, Freelich, and Yelich. Uh, looking ahead of time in the uh, postseason. But yes, Garrett Mitchell is officially back in games. He is in AAA Nashville for the time being. He's going to try to go all the way down the stretch here as well. 
Another text here from the 262. Always nice to have a grizzled veteran lefty on the staff. That's Wade Miley, of course. Yes, agree with Carlos, plus all the other veterans that they have acquired since to add on. The sensational rookies. You need that mix. Thanks. Appreciate that as well. Uh, Santana's been that dude. And I'm not going to put people on blast because they didn't like the deal in the beginning. And can we? I just have one plea. Please, just one complaint. Can we stop using batting average as the end-all, be-all grading of a player in his caliber? Like, please, please, can we stop with that? If you if you can't tell me what league average is, you cannot complain about batting average. It's two forty nine. Uh, by the way, and if you think, oh, why can't they go get a three hundred hitter? Do you know how many three hundred hitters there are in baseball right now? Think about it, real quick, right? 13 position player, 14 position players per team right now. 30 teams. You multiply it out. In total, there are 140 qualified hitters in baseball right now. Okay, so meaning that they could qualify for a batting title. Out of those 140, how many of them do you think are hitting 300? Take a moment. Take a moment. Think to yourself. Out of 140 players, how many are hitting 300? The answer is nine. Okay, they don't grow on trees. And I thought it was a really savvy move by the Brewers to get Carlos Santana, to get Mark Canna, because their on-base percentages are solid. Their slugging percentages are solid. There are multiple ways to evaluate a player. In fact, the worst qualified hitter in baseball is Kyle Schwarber at 198. But he's got 43 bombs and a 348 on-base percentage. You're going to tell me you didn't want Kyle Schwarber? There's different ways to add value to a team. And Carlos Santana's value is his defense his power that pops up every now and then, and his leadership abilities in this clubhouse. And it's been really fun to watch it come to all to a, a, a front here tonight. And he's a switch hitter. He's going to be in there every day. Great stuff from Carlos uh, again today. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council. That's coming up next right here on WTMJ. Cubs, I need you guys to calm down right now, okay? I really need you guys to calm down right now. Top of the ninth inning has been a house of horrors. A leadoff solo homer by Ian Happ. That made it 6-1. to one. Bellinger walked. Swanson struck out for the first out. Then Suzuki hit a two-run homer to make it 6-3. to three. So they go and get their closer, Paul Seawald. And he gives up a first-pitch homer to Christopher Morell. So it's 6-4 to four now. Then a line-out by Jan Gomes. Now it's up to Nick Madrigal. And he popped it. Oh, he popped it up. Okay, so the Brewers are going to win, or uh, the Brewers are going to gain another game on the Cubs. Five and a half clear. All right, we can talk about magic numbers now. The magic number is 10. 10. Whoo! I like it. This is fun right now. This is getting fun. Brewers are five and a half now clear of the Cubs after they lose tonight. So. Magic number to win the Division 10. Now, a reminder what magic number means. It means anytime you win and the team that is chasing you loses, you knock one off. It doesn't have to be together, right? So at the start of the day, it was 12. Now, you count the Brewers win, that makes it 11. You count the Cubs loss, that makes it 10. So the soonest that you would clinch would be in five days, meaning you win all five and the Cubs lose all five. But... That takes some help. So that's big for two reasons. Number one, that clinches the Diamondbacks, the tiebreaker over the Cubs. In the event that they are tied at the end of the season in record, the Diamondbacks would leapfrog the Cubs given uh, they won the head-to-head season series. That's their fourth win in five games head-to-head, so that's huge. And, of course, it makes things really complicated here in the uh, standings for the wild card. Looking at things now... With Chicago losing again, they now, I'm pulling up the, uh, so they're 78 and 70 now. The Diamondbacks are 77 and 72, which puts Arizona essentially a game and a half back, and they're currently still just on the outside looking in, tied with Cincinnati on a technicality, but Cincinnati won the head-to-head season series. So that's a lot to process for a second, but the point is, good news, Diamondbacks win, Cubs fall to five and a half back now of the Brewers with 15 games to go. 
Awesome stuff. Let's hear from a happy manager as well. Craig Council after the victory tonight. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you're never going to get me to disagree with that. Um, I mean, we got a three-run homer, and those are huge plays in the game. Um, so, you know, those are game-changing plays, kind of no matter when they happen. And, um, you know, the Irvin was throwing the ball well, and um, then one swing later, it's a tie game. From the switch to kind of flip so fast, and there were some walks in there, but not much in terms of the contact from you guys. And then to get those two homers off them, what, what changed? Was it just a couple of good swings on yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, the pitch count's getting a little deeper and he's getting, you know, he's probably in the 90s uh, at that point. And, um, uh, we, you know, we had third time through and this guy's seen him a couple times and made an adjustment and took a good swing. In that first inning, it seemed like Wade was kind of making the pitches he wanted to. And yeah, I mean, I mean, give them credit in the first inning. They did a nice job. I mean, I it. It felt like on our end that those pitches were balls, a lot of the pitches they hit, um, off the plate, up, um, away. Uh, so, you know, just tip your hat to them. They took some good swings and um, did a nice job going the other way. Um, so they, they did a nice job. Wade made it. Wade made the adjustment to them and um, threw the ball really well and, you know, came back and, you know, four scoreless and two outs in the sixth um, to give us a to line up the bullpen well. And you've used you've, you've used guys where you kind of want to use them right in the pen and kind of stayed away from certain guys. Does it feel like things are, you know, to this point, sequencing kind of the way you want? Yeah, I mean, there's no question. Um, you know, after a 30 pitch first inning from Wade or 32 pitches, I think it was in the first inning, um, getting outs in the sixth inning um, was it was a big deal for sure. So he did it. You know, the next four innings, I think he threw 50 pitches. Um, and did a really nice job, and we were just kind of just get us as many outs as you can in the sixth, and and Trevor will take it from there. So um, Trevor and Abner did Devin heck of a job, um, and not, we can get we can get that deep with our bullpen guys feel pretty good. What the way Trevor's just consistently been throwing the baseball? Yeah, I mean it's it's um, you know he, he he's just been so good since he's come back, and uh, it's just a different kind of vibe about him for sure. And he's certainly got some a lot of confidence. I mean, that's, that's one thing that's happened. There's a lot of confidence in there right now. And, um, he's getting some big outs for us. What happened with Abner? Was it like a little cramp? Yeah. He just had a cramp in his, in his chest. Um, and it was, you know, William saw it, uh, Dave Yeager saw it. So we, um, just checked on him and, but nothing, nothing since that pitch essentially. You know, that just a defensive sub? Yeah, we talked about probably going short with shorter with Christian today if we could. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Yeah. Can I ask one more question? Yeah. We did. Santana got to a big round number at the Housing RBIs. I mean, that's a long time in the big leagues, and, and now one shy of 300 homers. Is that something the guys celebrate in there? Those kind of round numbers. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's happy for him. I think the next one is the kind of the big one that everybody's let, uh, been pointing towards for sure. But um, you know, two huge swings to the bat tonight with what the game was doing, and uh, yeah, it's, I thought he was kind of due for it. You felt like um, his homers have come in bunches a little bit, and he's there's been a little little dry spell with the homers, so you know they're coming. Um, and I was thinking about it on the way in today, and uh, it's probably it's two. Are you thinking about Carlos Santana hitting homers? I don't. Well, not multiple homers, but uh, just just how he hits them, and then there's he, he hasn't hit one in a little bit. You're manifesting homers. Trying to. With, uh, well, I was going to ask you: Did you notice with Williams' homer, like he looks like he was almost like visualizing when they went out to the mound, like he got in the box, and it almost looks like he was tracking pitches. Did you see that sequence at all? I did. I didn't see that, um, but I mean Williams. He's got a plan. Uh, there's no question about it. And, um, you know, the, the guy got him out a couple times, uh, but, um, or he walked a second at bat. I'm sorry, but he had seen a bunch of pitches. And, and um, so he, he, he knew what he wanted to do. I can promise you that. William Contreras is up there with a plan. That man is ready to do damage every time he's at the plate. 456 feet, the longest homer of the season for the Brewers, second longest homer in his career. How about we relive it, huh? Let's hear some highlights. That's coming up next right here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! 
And this... Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Brewers, Nationals, game one of a three-game weekend series. Wade Miley getting the ball against the rookie on the other side, Jake Gervin. Things did not go according to plan in the first inning. Three runs on the board for the Nats very quickly. A solo homer from Lane Thomas, an RBI doubles from Carter Keboom, and Ildemaro Vargas made the Brewers play from behind very early in this one. They were quiet the first and second time through the order, leaving a golden opportunity in the fourth with men on the corners and two outs, but they ended up striking out with Marquena. In the fifth, it was a different story. A couple of walks started a rally. A leadoff walk to Rowdy Telez, but in the bottom of the order of Tarang and Monasterio both struck out. Christian Yelich drew a walk to keep the inning alive. Then a mound visit, clearly wanting to make sure they had a game plan against William Contreras. He had a plan of his own. And the pitch. To left center and deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here. And way gone for Contreras. And we are back to even on a towering drive by Williams. 456 feet away, as called by Bob Euchre here on WTMJ. So all of a sudden, it's tied up. The crowd is rocking, and uh, they leave him in there for one more batter. Big mistake, according to Carlos Santana. Now the stretch, the pitch. Hit in the air to right and deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Santana. And the Brewers have the lead. All of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, the Brewers go back-to-back for the fifth time this season. Career homer number 298 for Carlos. Then Wade Miley, I mean, he had been riding the ship. He had been great working into the sixth inning. He allowed a single, though, to Keyboom. He was lifted for McGill. He gets a line out to center, and that ended the sixth. Then in the seventh inning, the Brewers had McGill back out there. He dominates once again. In the bottom of the seventh inning, or rather in the bottom of the eighth inning, Carlos Santana looking for some insurance. 2-0 delivery now on Santana to right, deep, get up, get up, get out of here, way gone for Carlos Santana. Goodbye, 5-3, Brewer. In, in fuego at that point. Career number 299 and RBI number 1,000. For Santana. Abner Uribe had the top of the eighth, no problem. Three up, three down. Then on the ninth, it was Devin Williams. Now, his first three pitches were balls. He got a gift from Brian Onora, well, in all things considered, on the 3 0 pitch. Got it, called a strike, and battled back for a strikeout. Next batter, strikeout. And then finally, trying to lock it down, save number 35 in style. Here comes Devin. Struck him out, swinging. And this one is over. He strikes out the side. Whatever William told him, it worked. Yeah, William went out there for a mound visit, and then he just goes and obliterates the side. Third time this year, he didn't allow a base runner and struck out the side. Save number 35, Brewers win 5-3, to three. and the best news of them all, the Cubs also lost tonight, so the Brewers are now five and a half games clear in the NL Central with 15 games to go. We'll wrap up the program after this on WTMJ. Why you saw a lot of 21 today, Roberto Clemente means. I want to first of all say, Roberto Clemente, obviously I never saw him play in person, in the flesh. But he's my favorite player of all time. And from the man he was off the field, and as somebody who is half Latino, raised by a Latina mother, that it means a lot to me learning what he went through the Society of American Baseball Research, I mean, there is plenty of writing out there on Roberto Clemente's life and what Vera Clemente went through after his passing. But I really encourage you to do some more research on the man that was Roberto Clemente, and you can understand why he means so much to Latinos and why it's such a great idea for baseball to have players that want to wear 21 for the day because he was the first Latin American player to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame, and he did so, of course, unfortunately, uh, after his passing. And 3,000 exactly hits, delivering aid to hurricane victims in Nicaragua. We all know the story by now, but just a reminder why we celebrate it. An incredible man, 18 seasons, all in Pittsburgh, 
240 homers, just a five-tool talent. Incredible, incredible player that we lost far too soon. De Puerto Rico, Mr. Roberto Clemente, number 21. So always love celebrating this day. And the next time the Brewers are in Pittsburgh next season, you know, maybe consider if you're going to take a trip, first of all, that is a beautiful ballpark. I love PNC Park. And second of all, the fact is, there is an incredible Roberto Clemente Museum not far away. The Roberto Clemente Bridge will be open by next season as well. So there's a lot to uh, celebrate next year if you want to check it out there in Pittsburgh. Uh, I am wearing the Roberto Clemente Museum t-shirt today out here. So it's been uh, a fun day to honor my favorite player. And uh, a reminder, read up on the man and why we do it and why he is such an incredible fixture in baseball history. So really happy for all the guys that chose to wear number 21 today. And all match Mark Canna, of course. Uh, let's get you the uh, broadcast schedule for the rest of the weekend, shall we? As uh, tomorrow, it'll be a 6-10 first pitch. We are on the air at 5. I've got you covered with Brewers warm-up then from 5 to 5.30. Then the network coverage will take over from there. On Sunday, we'll be on the air at uh, noon for a 110 first pitch. Same thing. I've got network coverage at the top of the hour, taking it to the bottom. And then uh, we send things over to Lane and Bob, taking care of things on the pregame show. As for the pitching matchup tomorrow, it's scheduled to be Corbin Burns getting ready to follow up. You know, just saying. No hitter, last go-around, at least for eight innings. So if he gets one, the first inning be hitless, that could be fun. He'll be going up against Trevor Williams. And then on Sunday, it'll be Brandon Woodruff against Patrick Corbin to finish up the homestand. And the Brewers begin four games head-to-head with the St. Louis Cardinals, who the last time they saw them in May, it has been a very different season for both teams. Man, the Brewers are five and a half games clear now in the... NL Central, we're not going to get cocky. We're not going to get ahead of ourselves. The wild card picture looks like this. Philadelphia up by four games. Chicago is a two and a half back now of Philly for the top spot. They're one and a half clear of the last spot, which belongs to both Arizona and Cincy. Cincy has the tiebreaker, though, so if playoffs started tomorrow, it would be Cincy the opponent. My thanks to Jerry Augustine for joining us in person and for our producer, Tommy Wirtz. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.